Well, good morning, Main Street Baptist Church. How are you this morning? Good? Y'all are a little more lively than the early crowd. I guess y'all had another cup of coffee or something this morning. Well, my name is Jason Bryant. It uh, is good to be with you today. I am a church starting strategist for Texas Baptist, uh, the state convention. I've been doing that a little over a year. Uh, Before that, I spent six years as the Western Heritage Consultant for Texas Baptist. You know, Western Heritage is the politically correct term for cowboy. So just in case you didn't know. No, really, Western Heritage encompasses more than just, you know, rodeo or things that we think about. Uh, before that, in uh, 2011, I had the privilege of helping start a cowboy church in Palestine, Texas, where I currently reside. Uh, before that, in 2006, I had the privilege of starting a cowboy church just up the road in Salado, Texas. Uh, before that, I'm not going to go anyway. I'll give you one more before that. Before that, I pastored First Baptist Church down in Charlotte, Texas. So I've been in the ministry, I think when I added it up the other day, some 27 years. Uh, known Christ about 27 years as well. I was about a six-month-old Christ follower. Um, anyway, long story, I went to school at Texas A&M University. Oh, whoop. Yeah, all right, got a few other Aggies. That's how I like to be. Um, I got a degree in speech communication. I transferred in because uh, they wouldn't let me come as a freshman, you know, all that good stuff. Grades weren't good enough in high school. But anyway, got to graduate from A&M and um, gr- graduated with a degree in speech communication. And so after I came to know the Lord, God impressed upon me. One, and I've never heard an audible voice, anything like that. But when I was having a quiet time one morning, I read 1 Corinthians 15, 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Devote yourself fully to the work of the Lord, for you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I just felt God impress upon me that morning. I was actually at another school in Tyler, part of the UT system, anyway, uh, working on a master's degree and thought I wanted to teach junior college. And God impressed and said, you're going to school to help people communicate with each other, and I want you to help people communicate with me. And so I said, yes, Lord. I didn't understand what surrendering to vocational ministry was. I still don't know if I understand that, but uh, have tried to follow Christ in, in ministry since that time. In 1998, I met my lovely wife, Elizabeth, who's here with me this morning, her and our youngest daughter, Lily, uh, who is special needs. I actually have two other daughters who are 21. They'll be 22 here in just a few weeks. They both graduated from A&M in December. Whoop. And uh, so anyway, but I, as people say, well, you should have gotten a raise. Well, I haven't seen the raise yet because one started working on a master's program at ACU. And, you know, all those scholarships and stuff that were available when you're an undergraduate, all that stuff seemed to disappear once she got her undergraduate. So anyway, mom and dad have been helping out, but we're grateful for them. Uh, so anyway, I, I'm grateful to have this opportunity to come and share with you today. And before I go any further, I just want to say on behalf of Texas Baptist, I've worked for the convention now for a little over seven years. And, you know, we do more. There are 5,300 churches that partner together at the state convention uh, who cooperate together. And I say we can do more together than we can individually. Amen. Uh, we can do more at the local church level than we can individually. So that's the whole reason for partnership. And because you partner, because Main Street Baptist and 
5,299 other churches partner with Texas Baptist. We do things like collegiate ministry. Uh, that's going to be getting kicked off again here pretty quick on 100, 130 to 140 college campuses all across Texas. There's a, a BSM at A&M. There is a BSM down at that other school in Austin as well. And we pray specially hard for those people to find Jesus. Amen. I joke, I joke. Uh, but collegiate ministry is one of the big things that we do. We start churches. We don't just start churches. We start cowboy churches. We start uh, Hispanic churches. We start African-American churches. We start contemporary churches. We start traditional uh, churches. Um, so anyway, we typically start between 40 and 50 churches a year. Uh, we do some international mission stuff with our missionary adoption program. So I could go on and on telling you we do river ministry, which just celebrated, I think, uh, 55 years down on the river, and, and I don't know, you know, I tell people, I don't care what your beliefs are politically, those people down at the border need Jesus, amen? Uh, just like people right here in Georgetown need Jesus. So I'm thankful for your partnership together and, and just wanted to, to uh, say thank you on behalf of Texas Baptist today. So I do have uh, a message that I want to share with you today. I've entitled this message, Sonic Boom. And uh, before I explain a little bit more about that, why don't we just dive in and look at what Paul had to, tur- had to say to the church in Ephesus. So if you want to uh, look in your Bible, I think they're going to put it up on the screen as well. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and in verse 20, we're going to read what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. And I read from the New Living Translation. Uh, so anyway, this is what Paul wrote. He said, now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So, I, you know, I read different translations, but I think the translation that I memorized of that scripture was the King James Version. I'm not a big King James Version guy. But I love the way that Ephesians 3.20 reads, the words that were used there. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. Exceedingly, abundantly, above. All that we can ask or imagine according to the power that works within us. Unto him be glory in the church in Jesus Christ through all ages uh, in the world without... uh, Without end, amen. Anyway, I'll still mess it up. Uh, but to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. You know, God desires to do exceedingly abundantly above in your life personally, but he also desires to do exceedingly abundantly above. You know, when, when Paul was penning this letter, he was penning it to a church at Ephesus, right? He was penning it to a body of believers. And so as I speak to you today as a body of believers here in Georgetown, Texas, God desires to do exceedingly abundantly above. Now, I can imagine some great things for God. I'm sure that you can imagine some great things for God. But all that we imagine, all that we think, all that we aspire to, God desires to do more than what we can think. God desires to do more than what we can imagine. But it's going to take some things for that to be able to happen. And so I brought an object lesson today. 
I went to Skechers a few weeks ago and got a new pair of shoes, and they gave me a nice little backpack. But this isn't a pair of Skechers shoes in here that I've got to uh, show with you to, that I'm going to use as an object lesson today. Would you like to know what's in the bag? Okay, some of you do want to know. Okay, well, it's a bullwhip. And uh, anyway, I grew up in a family where uh, we owned horses and uh, we had some cattle from time to time and that kind of stuff. I actually grew up down in Pasadena, Texas. I tell people that's a good place to be from. Uh, anyway, if you've lived down in Stinkadena, you understand that. Um, so anyway... Uh, but we're going to talk about this bullwhip today, and we're going to look at Scripture and uh, see how... Now, the story behind this whip, i got to give you the story behind this whip. So this is not my granddaddy's whip. My granddaddy raised me from the time, about the fifth grade, uh, when I was about ten years old. He and my grandmother raised me. And um, anyway, so I, I grew up... Um, and I, I'll share this. I didn't share this with the early service. My granddaddy took me to get my first haircut when I was two or three years old. And when I went into the barber, my granddaddy said I could have a haircut just like his. But my granddaddy was balding in the middle, right? So I was really upset when I came out of the barber shop and I didn't have a hole in the middle. Well, I'm catching up with my granddaddy. I'm not quite there, but I'm catching up every day. So anyway, uh, that one didn't cost you any extra. Uh, but my granddaddy taught me how to rope. He taught me how to saddle a horse, taught me a lot of stuff. And, and a bullwhip wasn't a toy. He didn't let us play with his bullwhip. Uh, you know, it was a tool that's utilized to help move cattle and that kind of stuff. And, uh, but, but he did, uh, take me and show me how to use the bullwhip. And so this bullwhip actually came from a guy who was buying hay from me. I, I bail and, and sell round rolls of hay, you know, the, the ones that are about four foot tall, uh, anyway, five foot tall, four foot wide, something like that. And uh, this guy came to buy some hay from me. He was hauling it to Colorado because they, you know, were in need of hay up there. And he got this whip out and he said, hey, can you crack a whip? And I said, well, sure I can. And he said, well, here, do it. And so... Anyway, I took the whip. It took me a couple of tries because, you know, it had been a little while since I'd cracked a whip. But I made it sound off, and we finished loading the hay. And he got done, and he said, here, you take this whip. And I said, do what? He said, yeah, you take this whip. He said, I can't make it sound off. I can't make it crack, so I want you to have it. And I said, are you sure? And he said, yeah, I'm sure. And I was like, man, dude, because, like, whips like this are at least a 100 bucks, you know. So I was like, Okay. So, uh, but I think as we look at this whip, we're going to be able to relay some things from God's word uh, and kind of connect it with this whip and, and how it works. Because that's the other thing. You know what happens when a whip makes the cracking sound, right? Release the cracking. No, I'm joking. It's not that kind of. Some some people, there were two or three people that came up to me. There were a couple that raised their hands, a couple of men, uh, a boy, well, a young man. Anyway, he was probably, you know, late teens, early 20s, something like that. But there were a few people in the early service. Anybody in here know why the whip makes the noise that it does? A couple of you do? Okay. Because uh, it breaks the sound barrier, right? So when you crack a whip... Uh, this little piece of string on the end is going roughly, 
I was talking with somebody from the early service, so we had to investigate. I think I said 770 miles per hour in the first service. At sea level, it's 761 miles per hour. So anyway, just so that we're clear, it's 761 point something miles per hour. As you go higher, if we were in Colorado today and we were in, uh, you know, Boulder or wherever we want to be in Colorado, it would actually have, have to travel less fast. It would not have to travel as fast because at higher altitude, it takes less miles per hour to break the sound barrier. So airplanes don't exactly have to be going 761 miles per hour to create the sonic boom when they're flying at Mach 1 or Mach 2 or whatever it is. I didn't do all that research for this sermon today, uh, just on the whip. So anyway, this, this little piece of string is moving 760 miles per hour. And, and so I think I want to ask you to turn uh, to First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. It's interesting, First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12. Paul, as he's writing both the church at Corinth and the, the church at Rome, uh, talks about the, the body of Christ and, and uh, the importance of the body working together. So I want to start reading in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to read verse 12. I don't think I gave them verse 12, but it says, The human body has many parts, so the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Now, I gave them this verse, so this is going to be up on the screen. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into the one body by one spirit, and we share the same spirit. So... How many bodies is there in the body of Christ? One. That's right. How many spirits are there in the body of Christ? One. One body, one spirit. And so we have been baptized into that. And so I just want to point out to you today that a relationship with Jesus Christ is available to everyone. A relationship with Jesus Christ is available to everyone in this room today. A uh, relationship with Jesus Christ is available to those people who are driving 70 or 90 or 100. I promise you there were some people this morning as we were driving in, they had to be going 100 miles an hour down I-35. A relationship with Jesus Christ is available to everyone. But a relationship with Jesus Christ is not automatic. You have to be, you see in this whip, one of the parts of this whip is... Uh, this paracord. It's not a leather whip. It's a paracord whip that's been wax coated. And so for this whip to do part of what it needs to do, uh, part of it had to be plaited together. Now, if you've never heard the term plaited before, that's another term for braiding. Uh, I just, you know, don't think that braiding sounds very manly, right? So anyway, so plaited. Uh, my granddaddy growing up, he never plaited any bull whips or whips or anything like that, but he used to plait reins out of mohair. He would take five strands of mohair and he would plait them together uh, to make reins. And so, you know, part of what we have to do as believers, Paul says, uh, we have been baptized into one body by one spirit. So you have to be plaited into that one body. You have to be plaited into that one spirit, and that's through trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
And so if you've never done that today, I don't want you to leave here today and not have done that. I will, I will pray a prayer at the end of this service. And if you feel like God is impressing upon your life today that you need to trust him as your Lord and Savior, then I'll give you the opportunity to do that. So the first thing is you have to be platted in. The second thing we have to understand this morning is there are different parts. Now, as you look at this whip, we talked about it a little bit, but, but there's a handle that's made out of wood. There are the braids of the paracord that have been uh, dipped in wax. And then at the very, very end, we talked about there's a little piece of nylon string. Now, because of my granddaddy as well, I always carry a pocket knife in my pocket. Uh, and so if I take out my pocket knife and I open it up, and I'm not going to do it because then I'd have to tie it back on here. But if I cut off this little piece of string, you know what will happen? I will not be able to make a cracking sound. I will not be able to make a sonic boom with this whip because this piece of paracord at the end is too thick and it will not, as much as I try, I will not be able to break the sound barrier with it. Trust me, I've done it before. And trust me, when I've been cracking a whip before, sometimes you'll lose your little string on the end and try as you might You'll never get that sonic boom. You'll never get that whip to crack. So you have to go find another piece of nylon string and tie it on there. So if I were to cut this off today, I wouldn't be able to make this whip crack or make a sonic boom. So what's the most important part of this whip today then? All of it is most important. Even though I can't make a sonic boom without that little piece of string... If I go, I don't have my pickup truck here, but it's at the house. I I have a roll of nylon string in the back, and if I go take and cut off six or eight or ten foot of nylon string and I tie it onto a little piece of wood and I go out there and there's not enough mass in that piece of nylon string, I might get it to make a little puff or something like that, but I'm not going to get it. You know, when you crack a whip, it'll sound about like a 22 going off. And uh, so anyway... But all of it has to work together. And, you know, that's exactly what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look in verse 14. He says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Verse 18 says this, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange the body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but one body. Verse 21 says, The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. So Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he's telling them how important the parts of the body are together. And so if we want to make a sonic boom as a church, if Main Street Baptist Church wants to make a sonic boom right here in Georgetown for the good news of Jesus Christ and for the gospel and to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or imagine, part of it is going to be 
the church coming together and functioning as one body, as one part, because the handle apart from the paracord that's plaited together, apart from the little piece of nylon string, none of the parts individually by themselves are going to make a sonic boom. But when they work together in conjunction, in harmony, submitting themselves to one another, allowing themselves to work together, they do something greater together than they can individually. And that's what God desires to do here at Main Street Baptist Church in Georgetown, Texas. He desires to do something greater through all the body working together than what just any individual one part could do by itself. So not only, and and, and I want to point this out, there's one head of the body, and who is that? That's right. The head of the body is Jesus Christ. So the head of the body is not, I know right now, uh, Main Street Baptist is searching for a lead, or going to be searching for a lead pastor, uh, but it is not the lead pastor's role to be the head of the body. Uh, It is not any other staff person's responsibility to be the head of the church. There is one head of the church, and his name is Jesus Christ. And it's up to all the rest of us to submit to the headship of Jesus Christ. You know, my right hand can't go over here and my left hand go... Now, that's about as far as my right and my left can get apart from each other. But if they're going to go any further apart from each other, my body's going to have to split open and that's going to be ugly because they're going to be guts and blood and all that kind of stuff, right? My body has to listen to my mind. My body has to listen to my head to work together to accomplish the things that need to be done. And so it is in the church. The parts of the body need to work together. But the great thing is if we will work together and if we will submit ourselves to the headship of Jesus Christ, God desires to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or imagine according to His power that works in us. And that's the last thing. Working is one. Working is one. 1 Corinthians 12, if you look down at verse 27, says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you has a part of it. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you has a part of it. So if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're coming in a part, if you're a member or if you're a regular attender here at Main Street Baptist Church, God desires to fit you in and plat you in to the whip so that ultimately the whip might make a sonic boom, so that ultimately God might do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine according to His power that works in us. There's one other scripture I I want to reference for you, and that's in John chapter 17. And so if you've got your Bible and you turn to John chapter 17, uh, this is Jesus' Jesus' prayer. And so as you listen to the prayer of Jesus, note who he is praying for. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So Jesus right there, he's praying for those disciples that he can see, but he's praying for all disciples of all time. He's praying for us today, 
And he's praying for those who will come to know Christ because of our testimony and because we're obedient to the Lord as well. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Now look at what he prays in verse 21. I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. See, when we're divided, when there's division in the church, we don't show the world the power of Jesus Christ. We don't show our neighbors the power of Jesus Christ. We don't show our coworkers. We don't show those that we go to school with. We don't show people the oneness of Christ. It's when able, it's when we're able to settle our differences even though we don't all think, we're, we're not robots, right? I get that we're not robots. Sometimes we have different opinions. Sometimes we have different ways we think things ought to be done. But when we follow the head, the head doesn't tell part of the body to go this direction and tell the other part of the body to go a different direction. The head gets the body to work in unison to do something greater than it could accomplish as individual parts. And that's the importance of the oneness, the body being one and in Jesus and in Christ so that more can be accomplished than what we could ever dream or imagine or ask. God desires to do great things here at Main Street Baptist Church. He desires to do great things through your life individually. But part of that's going to come through the body working as one. Ultimately, so that Jesus Christ might get the praise, the honor, and the glory. I want to give you, if, if, if a loud noise is gonna, um, in fact, my daughter Lily back there, especially in a building, I didn't get to crack the whip, and then I heard about it. People were like, we didn't crack the whip, you didn't? And I was like, you know, it's kind of tight quarters next door, right? So I, I didn't want to smack somebody. Anyway, I wouldn't be back next week, right? So, my my wife and my daughter are going back there through the doors if, if a loud noise is going to bother you. But but I'm going to crack the whip and let you hear the sonic boom this morning and to just imagine what God can do through Main Street Baptist Church if we're all working together for the good news of Jesus Christ. It's always a little louder indoors. It's pretty cool. But I said before I let you go, and maybe you're watching out there online today, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, the very first place for you to start is to get platted in in a relationship with Jesus Christ, even before you plat into a, to a body of believers. And so if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior before, I want to pray a prayer right now, and, and you can say the prayer with me. I'm not going to try to embarrass you. Uh, however you feel comfortable, but if you need to invite Christ into your life, you can bow with me right now and say this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I've messed up. And Jesus, I ask you right now to forgive me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, for being buried in the tomb for me. But thank you, Jesus, on the third day you gloriously rose again. Jesus, I ask you right now from this day forward, Help me to walk in a manner that's worthy of you. Lord, help me to do things in my life that would have an impact that are greater than than my life individually. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. 
And Lord, thank you for letting us have an opportunity to be a part of what you do in your kingdom work. Lord, in everything, we give you all praise, we give you all glory, and we give you all honor today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Main Street Baptist Church. We'll look forward to being back with you all next week. Thank you. Let's stand. Let's give him a hand. Thank you so much.